Now is your time to flinch. What's happening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the 13th Floor, where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. We got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be getting into a, a little discussion about decisions and how we make them and ultimately trying to get us to figure out how we make the decisions that are going to get us to fly. But before we get into that, I'm your host, B. Jones, the moderator. And today I'm joined by the Q's. Mike D, what's happening? Roo, <laughs> We got the CMO phase on. What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And always, last but not least, the prolific one, Carol. What's happening? Hey, 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 hey. So that was the Fat Albert? <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, man. You know, you, you know, every podcast, I age check you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 that was actually what's, what's happening. happening? Uh, man, man, I keep failing, man. Keep failing. I'm gonna get it together. Hey, listen, listen, listen. I know something out there. That... I got, I got the whole What's Happening DVD set series. I will gladly send what? you that. I do. Wow. The Cosby's. I got them all here, ready to go. I'm make sure Namdi's ready, prepared for his hit, some good TV. I'm gonna, man, gotta, I'm gonna need y'all to stop pulling all these cards, man, because I feel like I should know what's happening. <laughs> I think I do know what y'all are talking about, actually, man. Um, was it uh like some younger dudes and I think it was like a storefront or something? Uh, <laughs> all right, no, I'm trying. I'm pulling it out of there. <laughs> you try, you try more. No, man, it, this was. I mean, they were in a storefront. I mean, they were inside of a store, like a diner kind of thing. But it was, it was three. It was Raj. Yeah, yeah, had, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I know. All what right, you're talking cool. about. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna look it up when we get finished, man. I'm gonna look it up, and I guarantee I'm gonna see it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. So yeah, I get half of that one. Rerun, rerun, rerun. Dwayne. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dwayne. All, right, yeah. All right, so I'm back. I'm good back in the set. I'm good back in the set. But anyway, um, yo, it's a lot going on, man. March Madness just kicked off. Uh, before we get into the basketball, I want to give a special shout out to the ladies of the uh, Ada Tile chapter, Delta Sigma Theta. They spring 2007 line is celebrating 10 years in a sorority. Of course, my lady is, is on that line. So that's definitely why I'm giving a shout out to the point guard, Chris. Love you, babe. Happy 10 year. Um, but yeah, on to the real March Madness. Uh, the NCAA. I got it. I got it. Oh, yo. Oop. Now, let, me, let me get it out there, too. Give you a little oh, support. Oh, easy. Rosa, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Hey, uh, so, from the person that has no affiliations, um, ladies, I'm going to go check to see how many of y'all actually follow us. Um, and if there are at least 10 of you, um, I, I will I will allow that shout out to continue. Uh, if there are not at least ten of you, we will edit that out of the podcast by the time it drops. <laughs> oh man, March Madness going on. So who who got the brackets, man? Who's got the brackets? We got the brackets here. We got the brackets here. Yeah, Mike, do you a big so, basketball it, fan, man? So who you got going all the way? Uh, I got Gonzaga uh, actually winning it. But it's going to be interesting on their bracket because I got Gonzaga and SMU and on the other side, the traditional Kansas versus Kentucky. But Gonzaga versus Kentucky. Gonzaga got this big guy. He's a he's a mountain. Like He's got to be at least Shaq size. And just like when you're playing one and done and you're playing that fast, size and speed all come to it. It's nobody that's got anybody that big. He's, he's pretty decent. He's pretty quick on his feet, too, when you watch him. And then Kentucky is just Kentucky. So... Oh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. So the family keeps them. We got the bracket in the middle. 
you kind of going over house rules. So originally we let the kids do it by round instead of doing your bracket all the way through. And the wife said, nah, that's cheating. So me and her had to do ours all the way through, but we let the kids go round by round. And we did a women's bracket too. So of course you got UConn on that side. So it's a matter of getting to next weekend and kind of see what the games are. Usually on theirs, you don't get the, the upsets. Like it's no 12 beat a five. That's, that's not that's not happening. So once you get past that first set of rounds, the games get more competitive. But the men's bracket, that's where it's at. And it always falls around my birthday. So I used to have to take that Thursday and Friday off so I can get the whole first weekend. So just a little shout out to my former employers. Personal holidays. <laughs> Personal holidays. Hey, that's hilarious. Hey, so I don't, I don't do the whole bracket thing, man. It's just, there's just way too many college basketball teams, and they pass it out of the office. And I'm like, man, don't even give me that, man. I'm just gonna guess. And on, uh, if it's the men's bracket, I'm always gonna say the Hurricanes are gonna win. There you and go. I and I don't even know if they're in the tournament. So this year they're in the tournament. I don't know how far we we gonna get, but uh, if I had to fill one out, the Hurricanes would always end up being the champion. Yeah, I think we got an eight seed this year. Um, I'm I'm just like you. Yeah. I always pick them. If I know they're in the tournament, I always pick them to get at least to the to the final four. But uh, for me, the go to pick is always Kentucky because I don't really follow college basketball. But somehow, some way, they seem to always have these bigs and always make it in there. So I'm going Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I gotta agree. My um my dream is Miami taking it all. Uh, it's a big, big pipe dream, but we'll see. Kentucky's definitely, um, you know, you hear about Kentucky, you hear about Kansas all the time. So those are the big ones. I mean, I don't know if Duke's even in this time around, but Coach K, whenever he's around, you got to be scared no matter what because Coach K is Coach K. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, they're in the dominance on the women's side. Like, UConn, ain't they up like 100 and something games, like to, to nothing? Like, they yeah. lost in like how long? I think it's like 105 now. Like they almost scored, they scored over 100 points in their hundreds game. Jeez, that's crazy, man. It's like how how demoralizing is it to have to go up against that giant? (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna win. No, you're not. We 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 kept it close. They only beat us by nine. Okay, that's pretty good, right? We had a good game today. We lost 30 points. Was it was a good way to lose by? A lot of more victories on that end. A lot of more victories. <laughs> completely, completely. And Gino make it even worse. He's begging to lose. Like, please, somebody beat us. Like, nobody can beat us. Like, please, wow. somebody beat us. And so, you know what that makes me think about, uh, Faison? And, you know, for those of you that don't know, uh, last podcast, you heard us talk about, you know, Faison and I were at the uh, ETA uh, event in Atlanta. Uh, stay ready shout out to et carl cj all those guys that took time to to actually uh have conversation with Faison and i and you know help us grow uh what we do here with fledgeology um and with music online uh shout out to breathe you uh a lot of those folks have been contacting me and whatnot telling us how they enjoyed meeting us and everything so we're going to continue to build that but it goes back to that whole thing of a system and a lot of the examples that were used were like the Patriots, you know, about how they have a system, the Spurs, how they have a system. Uh, but when you look at college basketball, it's the same thing. Those folks that have a system like your Yukons and your Dukes and your Kentuckys and the folks that are always in the conversation 
um, it just shows the value of having a system and you going and getting the right people to be in that system. So uh, it's funny, man, how those things just kind of those messages that we got last weekend or by the time this podcast comes out a couple weekends ago, uh, I just reinforced all the time. So, yeah, man, y'all were in Atlanta at the Stay Ready Tour. How was that experience? It was it was great. I that was my first time getting to um you know see an ETA event to see um you know the BU family, which I'm actually I've been debating back and forth whether or not to uh, sign up. So on my browser right now is the actual click to sign up page. It's been there for like three days. Um, so I'm just debating whether or not to hit submit. Um, but it was great, man. I, I really felt great energy. I, um, I came back from there motivated. Um, and ready to to take this thing, you know, far. And you know, this is just the beginning. We got so much more uh, to show you guys and to show the people out there. Um, Fledgeology is about to about to take over. Yeah, it was. Uh, so obviously, I've been to you know ET events before, uh, but this one was a little bit different because of the people that were there, and you know, there were a lot of people that were. They're either entrepreneurs now, they're moving towards entrepreneurship, you know, just many different people that are aspiring to do more and actively taking the steps to do it. Like they've made decisions that are going to lead them down that path. And it was also a good a good gauge of where we are uh, with Fledgeology and, and, and what else we have to do in front of us to really become recognized and, and make the impact that we can. Um, so there were people out there that, you know, they're still at the, hey, how do I even start a business? How do I do this? How do I figure out what my gift is? So clearly we were a little bit ahead of that because we've already identified those things. And you had those that, hey, I don't know how to market my company. I don't even have a, a, a logo. And obviously we're ahead of that. So it was really cool to see, okay, where is Fledgeology compared to these other folks that are either trying to be speakers or life coaches or they have many different businesses they're trying to get to um and then there were folks that hey they're making millions of dollars right they've they've made decisions and they they've they they took a leap on their goals and their dreams they're making millions of dollars but can't really see the impact that they're making and they were able to share some things with us um as well as us sharing things with them at the point that we are and they were just like oh man you know i didn't even think about that or i didn't know that that was something that i could use to highlight myself so that exchange of energy and just building man it was it was phenomenal cool man cool man so the the, the larger i guess more, more general takeaway what would you say that was from the actual event well remember it's a two-part event for us uh-huh. uh so we go back ne- next month um but right now i think where we left it we left it on the importance of establishing a foundation so that when you do reach your level of success not only can you handle the success but you can maintain the success um and then the other thing would have been there's really any obstacle you encounter there are only two possible problems it's either the system or it's the person right so if you're struggling with work is it the system or is it you the person one of the two aren't aren't calibrated correctly and you need to figure that out uh so obviously these are things we're still building on mm. um but those are the those are the main takeaways right now without me sharing too much i mean obviously we 
did make an investment. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's cool, man. I definitely shout out to, to those brothers for, for putting that on, man. I think it's great, man, that we were able to take away so much from it. I mean, I love the energy that Faison and Carol came back with. Um, we definitely were, like they said, aligned on some things, but it definitely, when you get that, you know, external motivation to kind of, uh, I guess, propel you in your decisions and they kind of, you know, uh, validate some of the things that you were doing and then challenge you as well. I, I like that. I think that's the biggest thing that I got from the materials that you guys, you know, brought back from, from that event. Yeah. And it's, Hey, it's not too late. Uh, as I said, I, I, it, there is an investment there and I don't want to take out of their future earning potential. Um, but the stay ready tour is, uh, going to hit a few other cities. I think it's going to be in Philly. Yes. Um, where else is it going to be? Uh -huh. Art? I can't remember uh -huh. where else. Oh uh, shoot! I I I don't know. Isn't um the intern going to one out in um in Maryland somewhere? I can't remember. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, so I know I do I, know Philly. Yeah, I yes. think it's in DC. But there is Philly. one in DC. Uh, Philly, Philly's up next. And then for those of you that really want to aspire to be speakers and things like that, it's not too late to sign up for P7D. Uh, that's their speaker training program, um, and that's going to be next month in Atlanta. We'd love to see you all easy. there. It is, it is not, easy. not easy. It's not <laughs> going to come here and leave out as a speaker. You, this is going to take take some time and some heart, and um, you know, you'll see if this is right for you. So you'll find out if this is your actual, this is your gift, or if you've been faking your gift and you should go on something else. <laughs> you'll see that immediately, like the like, uh, the person did. <laughs> Who came? We saw. Uh, who came and went very quickly. <laughs> oh man, that was man. I mean, talk about. Hey, listen. Uh, when I talk about this, is not one of those events where you are all the way in the back of the room and there's no chance anybody will ever interact with you. Uh, it's small enough to where ET himself, who the number one motivational speaker in the world he might come out to you and talk to you. And that's the kind of the situation we're talking about. And somebody realized real quick that, hey, they, they weren't prepared for what we were about to do. Um, but more importantly, as I said, you know, hey, the opportunity's there. And, and we've spoken a lot about ET and Breathe You. And hey, I encourage you folks to go and do it. And some people would say, well, why would you guys spend so much time talking about the competition? And look, they're not competition. They're out there trying to help us. They would love to see us get to the level that they're on. Uh, which is awesome. We definitely appreciate that. But more importantly, we need to recognize that we are our own greatest competition. And we if, if we don't get to that level, it's because of us. It's not because they cut our legs from under us or blackballed us or anything like that. Easy, man. I like that. I like that. So you mentioned there's usually two issues when somebody is, you know, not seeing a certain level of success or, or getting to whatever goal they may be trying to get to in life or the job or whatnot. You mentioned the system and the person. So definitely we've been putting a lot more emphasis on the actual individual given the I am I'm the one campaign and you know living with intent and then listening to your life so going back to that individual accountability I want to talk today as we mentioned in the intro you know the decisions you know that we we're making that are going to help us get to, to, to flying and you know basically when you look at the decisions you face with two or more things that you got to choose from, right? It's, it's usually a need versus a need, a want, or a need versus a want. And, you know, the overwhelming majority of the decisions that we make are based on these things, needs or desires. And, you know, doing the, the research, 
I was able to find, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as well as the cognitive evaluation theory, two theories that kind of define, you know, why we make some of the decisions that we make. And I thought they were very interesting for a couple of different reasons. Um, with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this is something that was created back in like the, I think it was the 40s or the 50s. And it's basically a pyramid with five levels. And the base or the foundation of the pyramid is physiological need. So, you know, food, water, air, just the things that you need to survive, right? And in his theory, you know, you, they, you have to satisfy the need at the lowest level before you can move on to the next level. And so you have the physiological needs at the base, that's the first level, but then the next four levels are all psychological, all in your mind. So it's safety, then it goes on to social, so your family, friends, or clubs, esteem, so the approval from those around you, said family or friends, and then self-actualization. And I think that's a lot of what we've been talking about as of lately with I'm the one, and, and that's ultimately what we're trying to, to get you to do. But the thing about Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of needs that I don't necessarily agree with is that you can't get to self-actualization without satisfying some of those lower needs. Now, I know logically it makes sense, but practically I, I disagree, mainly because the esteem, social and even safety to a certain level are all extrinsic motivating factors. So I'm gonna throw it to Carol first. You know, I know that was a whole lot, but I think you might be able to digest it a little bit and see what you think about it. Because I think those extrinsic, extrinsic motivating factors kind of play a different degree of, into that. You throwing it to me first, and I'll tell you, I I, I was stuck on extent ex, what what's the word? <laughs> I was, I was, extrinsic. extrinsic. <laughs> I was stuck on that, but. Uh, if we have to break it down and simplify it, I, I would say that when you look at that pyramid, I think it's saying that you or my interpretation is that you have to be physically capable of being able to. It's almost like you like you have a power, right? And if you can't if you don't have the physical vessel to harness that power, then then you'll never use that power effectively. Does that, does that make sense? Like if, if, if I want to go out there and speak and I'm going to speak and deliver a certain message, I'm going to have a certain tone. If physically I, I, I don't look like what it is I'm trying to say, or my, my presence does not command or project the same message, then am I really being successful? Am I really being effective? I think it's so that's that's a, uh, I think a professional and a larger uh, way of looking at simplifying that process. But I'm gonna try to try to go to dollars and cents because you know I can use my life lessons of what I've done and how I've I've um, you know lived through this process, not knowing the theory behind what I was doing, uh, which is kind of cool to actually hear this process because you know as we go through life, we do things based upon our our gut our natural gut feeling what we do we see others around us and educational um but i'm gonna take it down to dollars and cents so your basic needs and your wants in the mindset of you no know, america at this point in time right now you no know, and especially for college kids 
we start off with this huge credit card mindset that you know all we we'll get credit cards and we'll you know we'll buy this and I'll pay for it later on. So most of those credit card charges and things you do aren't 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 needs. They're all wants. You want to get stuff from um, from a fast food joint. You want to get these new sneakers. You want to get this blockbuster. I'm going to demonstrate myself because blockbuster video membership. <laughs> you want to go back to these things, and that's what a lot of a lot of money was spent on. But then your needs, as you get older, you realize, man, well, I can't buy this house, so I can't, you know, get this average car because I'm still paying for those wants that I thought I wanted back in the day. So my foundation is crumbling and it's, it's not strong enough for me to move forward. So as I continue to grow now, I look back to, to my past and the dumb mistakes I did as a kid. So if anyone's on this podcast and you are in college, cash, pay for it in cash. Your credit will get better later on. Don't fall in the trap of the credit card trap. It is a trap that if you're not ready for mentally to prepare yourself, you will fall trapped to them. And banks make millions off of people like us who don't, us as in not smart, um, no color, no race, no, no gender, it doesn't matter. Us as in humans who don't know how to properly control that process. Um, it's, it's just the fact that think back to that mindset. So. Um, I'll leave you with one quick thought, and I'll pass it back to Brett, and we'll, we'll keep on with this. But you know, the banks made over a billion dollars in overdraft fees last year. So we're talking about America not having the money and being in debt, but yet we're paying all our banks—not all of us. Some of us don't do that, but majority of America is paying a billion dollars in overdraft fees. What do we do with a billion dollars if we knew what we're doing with our money, we're trained properly? from the beginning right 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 so i want to go back to what carol said because i think um i don't know if i explained it correctly so the the foundation is necessary right those physiological needs got to have those or you just won't have anything else so i agree with that portion i think it's the next three tiers that i was more so concerned with and that's why i threw that word out extrinsic um, because when you get into you know another theory the cognitive evaluation theory and that's really the one that i subscribe to mostly they uh, differentiate between two motivating factors. There are only two motivating factors. There's extrinsic and then there's intrinsic. So external or internal. The next three levels in Maslow's, the safety, social, uh, and esteem layers, I feel like if we can get you to theoretically feel the void that you may be feeling in those areas internally, then you can still get to that uh, self-actualization piece because you will be self-sustaining. And that's what we talk about when we go back to I'm the one and being your true self and, and being able to internally motivate yourself, or, or at least that's how I uh, perceive that message um, for me. And like I said before, I'm a more I'm bigger on internal motivation because that is usually more self-sustaining than the external pieces, such as your family or friends or people that are in your environment or the experiences that you have, no matter how great they may play a role in your development. So we talk about Pavlov and, and this other guy and all that's super complicated, right? right? And people go out there and they study these things and they get masters and doctorates behind it. But if we bring it back to phlegology, if you think about it, all those external or those buffers to life is what we refer to as your nest. Yep. Right. We refer, and that's why we encourage you to get out of your nest because now you are, not only are you exposing yourself and you're exposing yourself to a greater amount of perhaps difficulty, but that difficulty is necessary for you to get to 
to your ultimate self, to your ultimate being. And once you can remove all those external, perhaps distractions in some cases, every once in a while, they're going to give you something that might help you. But we think that that internal voice is what will ultimately guide you because only what's coming from within knows what you actually need to break out. Right, man. And I feel like once you get that internal voice going, you'll still have time for those next three tiers. You know, there'll still be space available for some of those external motivating factors. But it's really, really important to to get that internal voice, because then that is going to dictate you to make, you know, certain decisions that are more important to you, which kind of brings me to my next point in that, you know, cognitive evaluation theory, where we talked about the intrinsic versus the extrinsic motivating factors. Um, I really think the person that you are dictates which one is more powerful powerful for you let's break it down real simple so how many of you have ever been out there driving in a car you have another person or people in the car you're trying to get somewhere and you decide you're going to turn left and then you got people that start chiming in and tell you no 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 go right go right go right how far does your level of frustration go immediately with what's going on in the car because what what is the penalty of turning left and it's the wrong direction and i think that's where that i think that's where we are what a lot of us do in life is that we're so we're so focused on what is the penalty of making the wrong decision and is there really a wrong decision right so if i turn left and that's and i should have went right at least i know what's what's on the left you know you, you never know when i might need that that particular knowledge at some point so making a decision we should not always consume ourselves with the external or or the people that will affect or the things out there in social media whatever at the end of the day you have to do what you feel is best for your person and even if you end up making a mistake it's fine is it really a mistake or is it just something that you have in your repertoire for later exactly Exactly. yep i always thought of it as you either do or you don't and that's your decision so if you don't do anything you've made a decision to stay in whatever space you are that space could potentially get worse and then by not acting it could also potentially get better um so you that's kind of the internal battle that you're going through so i think about brett talking about extrinsic versus intrinsic like those are two voices that are constantly going back and forth when you're making those decisions what am i doing this for is it a benefit for me to move forward am i going on a positive path forward or will this decision i make potentially end up being something that can negatively impact my future so those people that are chiming in in the car are probably the ones that are thinking i need to be wherever i'm gonna be at 3 15 it's three o'clock and you make it a wrong turn so that whole internal debate over them being late and kind of thinking through their own personal process they're taking putting that on you for just taking a drive i think about the same thing people driving slow i mean you want to get to a particular place but what's the rush like if you get there at two o'clock you're supposed to start at two it may not start until 2 30 so you just you know you sped through zones you weren't supposed to you potentially put the lives of the people that are with you and other people on the road and you gotta think as we always talk about being the moment just be in the moment and just enjoy that particular place. Your decision will take you wherever you need to go. 
and, and really and truly at that point where they're going through frustration is their frustration more so because of the decisions that they made that got them to this point so some decision that you made is the reason why you're depending on me to get you where you need to go right was that the best was that the best decision for you or is there some other decision that you could have made that would have allowed you to leave a couple hours earlier or you know you didn't put yourself in a position to where you had transportation hey don't penalize me for that don't don't hold me accountable to to what your decision was now you have to be all right with that decision exactly. i used to always tell my staff i used to always tell my staff poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine so, oh, that's good. Right. That's so, good. Oh, I man. mean, it's, it's three o'clock. I'm here to walk out the door. And you walk up like, I need to, uh uh-uh. No, how long you know? When has it been? Like, I understand sometimes you're going to have to take that. I even tell my kids, sometimes you're going to have to take that F. Like, if you knew you had a test on Friday, you didn't study. Yes, I'm your parent, and I want to be one that's up on, but you were the one in the class. You need to take the responsibility for that grade. So don't expect me to be up till four o'clock in the morning quizzing you on some things. You need to take that F. And that F means as a parent, you got punishment that's coming, but you've known better. So go ahead and give me the phone. <laughs> right. So how often do we make or do we let the poor planning or poor decision making of someone else really start to affect us? Um, you know, like you said, you know, because you were poor, you poorly planned your day. Now I got to go out of my way and take away from the things that I'm doing to help support you to make sure that you're getting to whatever you're supposed to on time. We're and, and making a personal sacrifice to doing what I'm doing on my end. Yeah, it, it happens a lot, but we've, we've got to take a step back because if it's something that happens to you often, we got to look at why does that happen to you often? Right. And that's because at one, have you made a decision on what it is you're doing with your life and what it is you're doing? on What is your goal on a daily basis when you leave the house? Because if you've made that decision, there's a lot of these things that you're going to say no to. Nope, I can't do it. Nope, I can't do it because you're so laser focused on what it is that you're trying to achieve that you won't have time to entertain that. Now, I'm not saying if, if there's somebody in help that really needs help and they're in a situation that you shouldn't help them. But more often than not, the people that really need help, they're not going to care what time you get them where they're going to be just fine with whatever, because they know that you are their only option. So they're going to be fine with that. But to go back, why do we even place ourselves in that situation where we're going to have people that because of decisions they made, they now have some type of negative energy towards you or now you're potentially derailed from what it is that you were going to be doing i can answer that and i think that's because um, you know not everyone lives for themselves you gotta you gotta make your decisions on on you and people tend to to want to keep up with the others or around them and adjust and it has to be a point where you are focusing on you and your your immediate self and then everything else around you will fall into play but you gotta i mean the, the young lady we met when we were at and I'm, I'm bringing it back to be you but she was like um i don't care i take the bus i take the bus wherever i gotta go and i'll be there an hour earlier but i guarantee you one thing when you get there on time i've been there for an hour already preparing myself ready to go for this task so it's those things that you do yourself and you tell yourself that i'm going to you know make a decision myself to do what's right and for me 
and then anyone else can follow along, but I'll be ready when the time comes. Right. And, and to, to further highlight that example, right? So this young lady is in Breathe University. There are 3,000 people in Breathe University. And what FaZe and I got to experience is that it's a pretty close-knit group. Like, people, people know each other. So I'm sure this young lady could reach out to somebody and say, hey, I need a ride to the event. But she chooses not to do that. Hey, I'm going to get around the way I... I know to get around and I'm going to be there. I'm not going to put this on somebody else. This is what I have. This is the decision that I've made. And this decision puts me in the best possible situation. Right. And I like that because I feel like that is where we need to be or that's where you want to be to get you to the point where you're making the decisions that are going to get you to fly. You know, that young lady made a decision and it was the right decision for her. And even if it wasn't the right decision for some other people around her, she kind of it sounds like she has the mind state to make it the right decision or make it be okay for those who it may affect in any type of way you know i feel like one or two things happen when you get to the point where you're trying to make decisions where you're going to fly either you or the ones that are closest to you become more important than the noise and the things that we add and pull into our comfort zones and once that happens you start making the better decisions that are going to help you get to the point where you're flying I think if we take it back to even the opening comments about the tournament and talking about everything being a system, those coaches know what the goal is and they know these are the steps that we take every day in order to get to this ultimate goal. No deviations. You follow it my way or you out of here. And that's kind of the same way the individuals are when you kind of got that like that young lady knows this is my goal. I'm taking the bus. You can mess around with me if you want to. I got to leave right now to get to my bus to get where I need to be. So it comes to a point where she makes a decision. What I'm engaged in right now will hamper me from getting to my goal. So I will see you all later. I need to start walking. And that's the action that she's taking in order to get to that particular goal. Everybody has to do that. That's a great point that Mike makes. And I think a lot of people don't realize that every single decision you make could change the course of your life. Right. Like even if you hit the snooze button in the morning, what what is the what is the repercussion of that decision? Right. So let's take uh, Ezekiel Elliott, for instance, uh, this guy. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but uh, he's at, you know, some type of St. Patrick's Day celebration. And, you know, everybody's having a good time. And there's a young lady next to him that has on like this uh, spaghetti strap top. And he decides he's going to pull down one side of the top exposing this 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 young lady so you know right now we don't know what the consequences of that are but there has to be something because you are already under investigation for domestic violence against your girlfriend or whoever it will be um and now you have this and you know hey that's going to create some type of change you may not realize it now but hey let's say you get hurt this upcoming season and for some reason the Cowboys let you go right like that's that's uh, I know it's a very far thought but now we're going to start looking at okay what what decisions does this player make off the field that might impact whether or not we want to sign him or not right look at look at Ray Rice yeah you look know at Johnny Manziel yeah right. because because the decisions that these guys have made they've now lost the opportunity to to earn millions of dollars so you mentioned Ray Rice and Johnny and Ezekiel Elliott. I don't, well, just sticking with Ezekiel first. I, I feel like his situation is just a classic uh, example of somebody who's young, 
comes into a whole lot of success very early in their career. He's he's basically a superstar and he's played in the league one one year. He could have been MVP or was MVP, I don't remember. But to do the things that he did with Dallas in his first year as a rookie, phenomenal. So, you know, the mind state and maturity level that this 21-year-old man has is probably his what could be his potential downfall. And I can remember when I was 21. So, you know, if in the in the right setting, some things may seem you know not necessarily acceptable but in the right setting like he was just acting in an immature fashion but it's a classic example of like the, the maturity level you know being his downfall i believe it's crazy because um it's the foundation like i don't think he was ready for that level of success and the level of scrutiny from the press and people around him if this guy was a third string and stayed third string this conversation would not be happening because there'll be no one watching him. Right. But because everyone's watching him, he isn't. He hasn't gotten that 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 platform yet. Whoever his camp is, is it really sit down with him and give him some good management on social management? Because that's the difference between a starter and a third string. Right. And then I mean, you look at what happened with uh, Jameis Winston. Same thing. You know, while he was still in school with the uh, whatever explicit remark that he said while at the school. You know, he. He had to be sat down and talked to to get him to understand like the, the decisions that you're making and the platform that you have going to be the next NFL superstar. You, you just can't do these things like you have to have a higher level of thinking. The other thing that I was going to parallel or, or try to, I guess, to differentiate, because I feel like Johnny Manziel and I guess maybe Ezekiel Elliott they may be falling into some sort of character flaws whereas i don't know ray rice's situation seemed a little bit more sporadic and under the influence but i could be wrong but it seemed like especially with johnny there's some character and deep-seated issues there that i don't i don't necessarily just boil down to him and his decision making like there's it's, it's a deeper layer of stuff with him yeah and it comes from like them as they grow so it's not anything that just started. It's the way that the community surrounds them as they become more known in whatever sport it is. So if you figure Johnny's in Texas, he's in a small city in Texas, you're doing all this stuff. People treat you like you're a king in their environment at a young age. So your decision-making process in terms of whatever punishments or repercussions that come from it, if you're the star football player and you don't get good grades, you're not playing, the town's looking at the teacher, so they potentially just like, don't worry about your grade. If there's a young lady that he's done this to in high school or in middle school, walking down the hallway, the principals look the other way because you're gonna be, be the guy that needs to play on Friday night where we're all coming and the town gets behind you. So now once you get to be in the NFL, there's still that similar notoriety because now people are talking about you, now you got the money that goes with it. You really haven't gone through a process where there's been any repercussions for anything that you've done to where people perceive it as, you know, you shouldn't do that. Okay, well, whatever. You know, I'll, what's the worst that's going to happen? You talk about it, I keep moving. And it takes people that are strong, like Art said, people in this camp need to pull them to the side. You have to have the right people that are willing to tell you to make those hard decisions because it's easy for them. They've never had a point where anything, they've been held responsible for anything. It's, why can't I do it? What you gonna tell me? 
and and you've got to look at it from the standpoint of okay these professional athletes when they're getting drafted or whatever's happening you've seen very few execute the power to say no i will not play for that team and i think that is perfectly okay if you weigh okay here's the gifts that i have here are the flaws that i have what team best supports that and can help me correct these flaws or get over these flaws right so look at the dallas cowboys look <laughs> come on now <laughs> yeah man i mean they've been mired in controversy man but for, forever right? right look at look look at the cleveland browns i mean clearly hey, hey, hey. when you have a <laughs> hey. listen when 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 you have a legacy of losing there are certain things that you have to say okay there's something in the organization because if i can't create the attitude of a champion then there's something wrong there right so for somebody like a johnny manzel that comes in there okay do, do they have the infrastructure to help him grow not only as a player but as an individual right and i think no. and i think and i think we do that ourselves those of us that aren't athletes we do that when we go out on a job interview we don't look at okay does this company have morals and values that will help me not only grow my bank account but also grow as a person we don't we look at we look at the money and that's it so again every decision that you make has an impact on you overall you know if you decide that oh uh, you know what i i just finished with you know rehab maybe i have a, a alcohol addiction or i have a, a drug addiction um I just came out of rehab. I'm good. Oh, uh, you know what? My boys are going to Cancun on vacation. I'm going to Cancun. That's probably a poor decision because what is there for you in Cancun? Free access. Right? You, you, you're probably free, free access, right? <laughs> or, 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 <laughs> a, very liberal, a very liberal access. Mm -hmm. That's probably not a good decision. And those are the types of things that when we're talking about making decisions, you have to make decisions in line with not just who you are, but also who you want to be. Point that you just made, Carol, about athletes picking where they want to go. The interesting kind of storyline about Johnny is he picked the Cleveland Browns for that reason. So during the draft, he literally sent a text message to the quarterback coach to tell the owner to pick me because I know it's a first year coach. It's an organization that's been in turmoil. I can fly to Vegas in between training. What are they going to do? Like, I'm Johnny Manziel. I'm your savior. I'm your quarterback that came to wreck this league. Like, you can't tell me I can't do these things. So his behavior, it continued. Like, he wasn't showing up late for meetings. He was got money rolls. He's on swans. He's seen in places during the week at bars. And there is no repercussions. So out of all of those 32 teams, which is why he can't get picked up by anybody else, he picked the one that would allow his behavior to continue. That's why he was there. Nobody else wanted to deal with it. Everybody had made their decision, and it was the Cleveland Browns that said, you know what, yeah, we can, we can, we want them. And it continued to go where it was. So all the decisions that you make, it's definitely in line with what you said. And this is sometimes, you know, you continue on that negative behavior instead of making an internal decision that you're going to do something positive. So that's the hard decisions that you have to make. Right, man. So earlier I posed the question, 
How do we get to the point where we're making the decisions that are going to get us to fly? We really want you to sit back, you know, listen to a couple of the last podcasts, but you have to take an inventory. You have to look at your situation. Where you're at makes you is pretty much a product of the decisions that you have been making, you know, and you can blame it on those around you or you can look at yourself and take some personal accountability and say, hey, I'm the one that put myself in this situation. So I'm ultimately going to be the one to help me get out of that situation. So take a look at where you're at. Look at who's influencing you so that you can start getting to making those better decisions. Where do you want to go? You know, start, like we said, listening to your life and then ultimately start living with certain certain intentions for certain things to happen in your life. And you'll start to see the turnaround kind of happen. So, yeah, man, take an inventory, do those things. And, you know, before we close the show, like always, we want to throw it to the prolific one to give us, you know, a a little bit of a, a good word to end out on. We talk about making a decision and we talked about bad decisions, but there are people out there that are simply scared to make a decision and they're not doing anything at all. They're just sitting still or they're just blowing uh, wherever the wind takes them. And I can tell you, you will never get to your ultimate goal. You will never get to your best self uh, doing that. I believe it's Jim Rohn, uh, one of the speakers of the past who says, You'll never make it as a wandering generality. You must become a meaningful specific. Play that over. I'll even say it again for you now. You'll never make it as a wandering generality. You must become a meaningful specific. What does that mean? That means that you have to make a decision on the course that your life is going to go and the things that you want to achieve. And it has to get to a point where because you know what it is that you want and you make very hard line decisions and decide that, hey, whatever happens after this decision, it's not a failure. It's another learning opportunity or it's something that has given me uh, some 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 adversity or some diversity that I wouldn't have had if I had just went the right way to begin with. And you have to be okay with that. Right. So you have to get to the point that once you know that you get to a point where you can say that, hey, my success And my goals, the success of my family and my loved ones and our goals are non-negotiable. And the decisions I make support that that saying, that mantra. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Motivators at Fledgeology, where the mantra is leap, grow, fly. Before we go, man, Faison been itching. He been itching the whole show. Talk about this joint, man. So what is today, man? Give me a look, because I'm showing my age once again, just asking this question. So tell me about this whole uh, thing that's got you so excited today. Oh, man. Today is not only um, St. Patrick's Day, so so happy Green Day to everybody. But today is the final conclusion of the, the Netflix series, Iron Fist Drops Today, which means that the Defenders will drop soon. I get to see my man Luke Cage back on the screen again because Iron Fist is coming out. And I am excited. I am ecstatic. And I can't wait to watch it. No matter what's happening out there with the controversy, I will be tuned in this weekend um, to get my mind wrapped around <laughs> Iron Fist. And I, I'm, I'm going to watch the Iron Fist series as well. Um, it has nothing to do with age, uh, Brett, this is, this is modern day stuff that's going on. I mean, yeah, it's pulling from some old comic books, but, 
uh, super excited about that. But I got to go back to Faison talking about uh, Happy Green Day, St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, the audience hears a lot about my son, Asher, but uh, Faison has a son that's probably about 45 days older than my son. And Faison, uh, his wife is Nigerian. And it amazes me the things that she allows him to do with their son because <laughs> Nigerians don't only participate in such things. But today, Faison's son, he looks like a black leprechaun. Um, he has him dressed He's beautiful. Up. He's beautiful. <laughs> for for St. Patrick's Day, and it is hilarious. All he is missing is like if you ever seen the Lucky Charms uh, cover, he's just messing, missing, missing the green hat. And I guarantee you we'd be asking him for a pot of gold. So I just had to put that out there. At some point, somebody on the Nigerian side of his family is going to say, what are you doing? You're, you're a Nigerian. You, are, you do not do this foolishness. Uh, that, <laughs> yes, okay. that is coming for sure. <laughs> you wait until Nigerian Independence Day. He will be representing his flag <laughs> on that day. It is the same green and white color. So that will come. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey, man, we got to get Namdi on the show, man. We've had a couple guest appearances from Asher, man. You know, if you listen to Namdi One, Asher's all over that thing. Yeah, Asher's going to be mad today. Uh, he's probably going to wake up and be mad at me because he's going to know that he missed the podcast. And he definitely <laughs> looks forward to being on the podcast every week. Yes, mm-hmm. I will get Namdi on. He'll make a surprise visit next week. My word. <laughs> Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. You know, the 13th floor, it's in iTunes, it's on Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Blog Talk Radio, wherever you're listening to your podcast. And check out the website, flagology.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or you're trying to get us to speak at any engagement you have, you can definitely hit us up at info at flagology.com. That is info at flagology.com. Like I said before, thank you for listening here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Amazing. Yes, sir. Amazing. Now is your time to flex.